You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you the show yet again. Early morning start here today for me in Melbourne, uh, talking with Matt Money-Smith on today's show and uh, talking to him around... uh, 7am so I've been getting up early to do these shows recently getting up before work but it's a day off today I'm off all day long but let's get up early to do a podcast so looking forward to this one as always starting the show thanks for tuning in thanks for listening in and of course you can listen to us on iTunes Stitcher tune in all the ways to listen and you can stream it as well on overtimeireland.com anyone using the iTunes format Stitcher format please go give us a comment written on there always helps boost us up the iTunes rankings the Stitcher rankings so thanks very much for all who have done that and hopefully some of you will go along this week and do the same as always uh, the preview show for the week is brought to you by OTI Fantasy 5's pick 5 players each week out of the Sunday slate um, this week will be the Sunday slate again even though there is the Thanksgiving game so it'll be a bit like a bye week with the with those three games missing out for the Sunday slate but get involved you can go to OvertimeIreland.com there's a link there for the Fantasy 5's it gives you all the information it is in association with fanfeud.co.uk £3 to enter into the cash game, free to enter if you just want to play along. And uh, the winner then takes the entire prize pool. So let's get involved in that uh, this week. That is OTI Fantasy Fives. So with Matt Money-Smith coming on the show, we're going to do a little bit of a different uh, format this week with obviously the Thursday night games coming up, three games on Thanksgiving, so that there changes up the schedule a little bit. So rather than people listening to this on Saturday and listening to the previews of all the games that have already happened, going to talk about the Sunday slate first and then get into the Thanksgiving games after and uh, that's the way we're going to do it in this so people listening later in the week won't have to fast forward through uh, some of the games that are already over so let's get straight into that now let's get Matt Money Smith on the show want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend it's time for the OTI weekend preview joined back on the show by Matt Money Smith of NFL.com NFL Fantasy Live uh, the Pedros and Money show so much stuff it's uh, really hard to keep up with all the stuff you're doing Matt you're a busy man it's a busy time of year too you know I kind of get that uh, when it gets down to just one job just the radio show the Pedros and Money show I almost feel like it's summer vacation like I'm a teacher or something and I get a few months off yeah now you're doing some of the TV coverage as well doing some of the play-by-play commentary so uh, that makes it a little bit more busy have you any games coming up in week 12 on the, the TV schedule you know, not on TV. Um, I do a radio game pretty much every week. You know, the TV thing was, it, it could not have worked out better because it was like one of only a couple weeks I had off all season from the radio. So last week I did the Chargers Chiefs game. Wasn't that glorious? And then uh, Sunday I will be, <laughs> what do I have? Uh, Sunday I have Cardinals at Niners. Yeah, so um, it's always good uh, getting different uh, things. But uh, I listened to the game you done on the TV. Very, very impressive. So I think it's something down the road. I think you'll get a lot more opportunities to do. Uh, bouncing into the Week 12 games, there's obviously some teams now that look like they're done and dusted for the season. Some teams uh, looking now to try and get those wild card spots. And, of course, some teams fighting it out for the divisions around the league. Um, we'll just run through some of the Sunday games. And I'll go through then the uh, Thanksgiving games on my own uh, towards the end. But uh, Sunday we have coming up the New York or the New Orleans Saints coming back off their bye week against the Texans, who after the last uh, couple of games are starting to get themselves into that uh, you know NFC or uh, yeah, NFC AFC South uh, division race uh, against the New Orleans Saints, who looked like they were on the way up, but uh, they are not uh, going anywhere after that loss to the Redskins in the bye week. Could the Texans, uh, do you think they have a chance here with uh, Andrew Luck being out for the Colts? Do you think they have a chance of challenging for this division? 
Oh, I think anybody. I, I think you know, save the save the Titans. Yeah, you know, I think I the Jaguars could too. Jags on the table and and you know get in at six and ten. I mean, you know, those, those teams are so bad. You know, I mean, that's just. Well, I shouldn't say that. Those, those <laughs> teams, each one of those teams has a major flaw that can prevent them from winning games. You know, I, I think that's the, probably the best way to put it. So you know, it's one thing for Matt Hasselback to fill in for one week, but when you hear he catches the flu. You know, because his body was just so worn down from playing, you know, a full 60-minute football game. You know that that can't be sustained, you know, yeah. for, for four or five weeks. So you would assume that that's going to tail off. You know, the Texans' defense is finally starting to click and look like what we thought it was going to look like because it's what it's looked like for the last two years. So, you know, if they can main, maintain that level of, of defense, then by all means, yeah, I could totally see them winning the, the AFC South, it would not surprise me in the league, you know, and, and it's not like Brian Hoyer's been a terrible quarterback, he hasn't been a really good quarterback, but, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is yeah. so good yeah. that, you know, it at least opens up a bit of a running game. Yeah, I was going to say to you, you said Brian Hoyer hasn't been too bad, but uh, Brian Hoyer has been probably around the average mark, and then he has DeAndre Hopkins, who helps pad his stats every week. But Hopkins last week absolutely took Darrell Revis to town, so uh, playing phenomenal. Possibly the best uh, wide receiver at the moment at this current point in time in the NFL, the way he's playing. But uh, the Texans, a lot of people talking all season long, you know, the defense hasn't been as good as it was the last couple of years maybe J.J. Watt isn't as good but if you've watched each and every game this season he's probably been at least the same if not better than he was the last two seasons so it's a, a game here I think Drew Brees is going to be under a lot of pressure and uh, I think the Texans get a win a couple of weeks ago I thought uh, they had nothing left to play for after Foster got injured but I'm going to go with a Texans win in this one would you be aging that way as well? Probably not, just because oh. I, I believe in the Superdome. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's kind of a, there's something about it. Well, I should say, actually, probably I agree with you. I was going to say if it were in the Superdome, I would lean Saints. But yeah, because yeah. even though it's indoors and it's that reliant, uh, um, there's just something about Drew Brees at home that you never pick against him. And, and I think I would probably lean that direction on, on off, you know, offensively for the, the Saints. But, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's in Houston. They're playing better. You know, that Saints defense has been so bad. I can see New Hopkins going for 180 yards and three touchdowns in this yeah. game, you know. I think he's going to have a big day. So I agree with you there. Um, the next game up, the, the Rams against the Bengals. It's in Cincinnati. The Bengals losing their last two. Obviously lost to the Texans on Monday Night Football two weeks ago. Lost then to the Cardinals in that shootout on Sunday Night Football. So they're back to a kind of regular time game here, playing against the Rams, who are coming off back-to-back losses as well. I think, you know, I done a, a recap show. I said the Rams season is going nowhere at this point. You know, two or three weeks ago, we had a bit of faith, and then we thought maybe this team this season could get to the playoffs, but I think everyone's kind of given back up on that again. But the Bengals need to get back on track. Obviously, they have a great record on the season, but just for their confidence, for their belief, um, I think they need to get a win here. And it's not going to be an easy defense to de- dissect for uh, Andy Dalton and his, uh, his wide receiving core. No, you know, Aaron Donald's the best interior defender in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not even through his second season, and I don't care. You, you want to just pick your player, and I'll take Aaron Donald over him. Any interior defender uh, in the league, I will take Donald. He's been that good. Um, and, you know, when you consider how hobbled those outside rushers have been all season long, specifically Chris Long, yeah. it's miraculous that that defense still continues to perform at the level, and it's really that they're performing, and it's really because of him. The problem is, you know, I'm not taking Case Keenum or Nick Foles <laughs> against that Bengals defense. You know, as much as I love Todd Gurley, and he'll rush for another 100 yards, and he'll yeah. rush for another touchdown. But 
you know, I'm going Bruce Arians on Jeff Fisher. He's Mr. 8-8, eight eight, you know, and Mr. 8-8 yeah, eight eight is always Mr. 8-8 eight eight or 7-9, and nine, and, and it'll be no different this season. Yeah, and uh, I think if you sell a tip to uh, Case Keenum and Nick Foles together, I still wouldn't give them a chance in this one. But uh, when you look then at uh, the yeah. incident down, uh, I think it was in Miami with um, Stedman yeah. Bailey the last couple of days, a pretty crazy incident getting shot. Um, hopefully all things go well for him. Seems to be in a stable condition, but we won't see him obviously again this season and his NFL future remains obviously uh, shady at the moment. But very, very uh, shocking news. You know, sometimes we get this sort of stuff in the offseason. We've seen with Chris Johnson last offseason, but just uh, a very shocking situation. You know, I think we forget at times because, you know, they're professional football players. They make mm-hmm. millions of dollars. They drive fancy cars. They wear, they wear fancy clothes. You know, but when they go home, that's where they're, they're going home to Miami Gardens. You know, they're yeah. going home to the project because they want to hang out with their friends. And, and I remember, you know, the story about Chris Johnson, you know, goes that, that he was working out and the trainers that he was working out with, you know, he's like, hey, guys, I'm going to go home. And they're like, you know, you don't need to do that, man. Why don't you just stay here? Things are going well. You know, you're losing the weight. You're getting your burst back. Why don't you stick around? And he's like, nah, I just got to take care of some things, you know. And, and they just they said there was this odd feeling around it. Like they knew where he was going. They knew that people he was going to be hanging out with, and they were just trying, you know, as politely and, you know, as, as sort of, you know, casually as possible, suggesting, hey, we don't like you going back there, man. That's not a good spot for yeah, you. Yeah. And sure enough, you know, you see what happens. And I think we just forget that when these guys go home, that's where they go. Yeah, so uh, hopefully he can recover fully, and uh, we might see him back on the NFL yeah. field. But he was having a disappointing season, but that there's obviously beyond the point at this stage with such an incident going down. Uh, on the other side of things, uh, there's a couple of very, very intriguing games this week on the Sunday slate, and with the Patriots against the Broncos, Peyton Manning going to miss the next two games, so Brock Osweiler getting a second chance. Obviously led the team to victory last week in Chicago. And then the Patriots, you know, they're down a couple of, uh, of uh, star players at the moment. Dion Lewis is out. Uh, there's uh, Julian Edelman. There's also a possibility that uh, Danny Amendola is going to be out a few weeks. So pretty banged up at the moment. How do you see uh, the Patriots' offense evolving yet again? They're they're under a little bit of pressure to get. <laughs> to get a team fielded at this point? I mean, we saw it with Rex Ryan and, you know, on the fantasy show on, on NFL Network, yeah. I said it going into this, the first matchup between those two. I said, if anybody's going to try to just completely neutralize Gronk and commit two and sometimes three players to him, it's Rex Ryan. He's the kind of guy that would do that. And I was wrong that week. Gronk ended up going for like 110 and a touchdown, but he did it this week. And it worked, you know, and, and when you think about Tyrod Taylor not being able to push the ball downfield at all. He was so bad in that game that if you have a competent quarterback, and I think Brock Osweiler is competent, and you take that approach, you know, and you think about how athletic those linebackers are, you know, and the safeties are in Denver, I can totally see them doing the exact same thing that Rex did, doubling Gronk off the line on nearly every play, and saying to Tom Brady, good luck, man. Good, good luck with your other pass yeah. catchers because we're fine putting a key to lead man-to-man and shading a safety over whoever your number two is. So I, I would be really surprised if the Patriots offense was able to do much against the Broncos defense. Yeah, I have a, I, I'm going to edge with the Broncos. Obviously, it's in Mile High Stadium, but I just think uh, on paper with the injuries, uh, the one thing that would worry me in this is Brock Osweiler going up against Bill Belichick. I don't like when a, a young quarterback or rookie quarterback or somebody getting their first couple of starts is going up against Bill Belichick. He, he likes to cause a lot, a lot of confusion for them. So that's the one concern here. But the Broncos look much better on the ground last week, getting the run game going a bit. Obviously, that gives a little bit more help to the offensive line and the quarterback as yeah. well. So we'll see how it goes. But the uh, one thing I'd say, yeah. though, 
the one thing I'd say there is, is you know, it's not like Brock's a rookie. You know, he's yeah, drafted yeah. in the same class as, as Andrew Locke and, and Russell Wilson. So he's in his fourth season, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think because he's, he's had that opportunity to watch Peyton play the Patriots multiple times and kind of understand what they're doing, that's why I would maybe give him a little bit more leeway than your standard, you know, first or second year guy seeing the Patriots for the first time. Yeah, and if this here was, you know, 15, 20 years ago, this would be the projected scale for a young quarterback would be to sit for three years and then get his opportunity. So right. it's funny the way things change. If you're drafted now and you're not playing within two or three years, uh, you're almost, uh, you know, no good. So I- I'm going with the Broncos in this. It feels like you're going the same way. Yeah, I am. I, I think uh, you said it. You know, in Denver, I love that defense. Tom Brady's got no offensive line. You know, backups to backups for wide receivers. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Uh, the Seahawks playing this week at home against the Steelers. Was surprised to see the line for this game is in around the four-point mark. I know the Steelers haven't been playing all that impressively this season, but, you know, uh, has the home field advantage completely gone as the 12th man? Has he disappeared? You know, it's it's that offensive line yeah. you know, more than anything. It's just been so bad. And, and if Thomas Rawls can do what he did and, and understand, if you look at running backs against the 49ers this season, they have absolutely crushed them. So that was, look, it was a huge day for Rawls. But when you look at their logs of what some backs have done to them, that's pretty much par for the course. So I don't, he's not going to be able to do that against Pittsburgh. You know, he's not going to go for 200 yards and three touchdowns against no. the Steelers. So, you know, if he can't do that, I don't know how well you know, Russell Wilson will be protected. So I think that's kind of the big question. It's okay. It worked against the Niners because they have no pass rush. They have no offensive line. So, you know, the, the, Seattle was able to do what Seattle's done, you know, these past few seasons. I don't think they can do that against the Steelers. So I think that sounds about right. I, I think mm-hmm. this is going to end up being a pretty close game, you know, with Ben being healthy. At least we think he's healthy. And the Steelers' defense playing a lot better than they were given credit for or were expected to at the start of the season. Yeah, because uh, obviously the, I mentioned the Seahawks not playing as well. We've seen this year the importance of offensive line play. A lot of you know people watching games that you know just tune in on a Sunday think offensive line. Who are they? They don't really matter. But when you don't have that offensive line, you're really going to struggle now with the passing game in the NFL and with the running game. And uh, it, you know with the people contracts, free agency, people uh, at the skill positions getting a lot more money. You see sometimes they're trying to just plug and play these guys out of the draft and without the. You know, the different spread offenses in college are just not getting that experience. And when you come into the NFL, a lot of them then getting exposed uh, from the very beginning. You know, I look at Russell. I think, you know, because Russell's so athletic, yeah, he's getting away that's a bit it. of a, a misconception about his college career. You know, Wisconsin was pro set and North Carolina State was West Coast offense. And at North Carolina State, he broke Phillip Rivers' passing records. Not, not total yardage records, but his single-season passing records. So he was a pocket passer. I think that's kind of what separates Russell and why he's won a Super Bowl and why, you know, even though if you look at his numbers, they're not that much different. You know, he's, he is someone who's very comfortable in the pocket. And, you know, the one thing that I think helped him more than anything else was that Wisconsin line that he played behind is as big as an NFL line. You know, oftentimes you play in college and you don't have bodies that are as big, yeah. you know, from right tackle to left tackle. So he's comfortable. I, I think the one thing that just, you know, you can't account for is if an entire side of your offensive line breaks down every single play, you know, everything's now off schedule and you've got to improvise. And with the talent or lack thereof he has, you know, in his pass catchers, it's just been a struggle. Um, but, you know, they're starting to get better. I think it's very similar to what we're seeing in Kansas City. You know, that offensive line was really bad early on. Now they've settled on five guys. Yeah. They're starting to gel as a unit. And now Alex Smith is protected and you're seeing an offense play a lot better. I could totally see a very similar thing for the Seahawks 
you know, the back end of the season. With the Seahawks as well, obviously you mentioned Thomas Rawls. Um, they're going to need him down the stretch because um, Marshawn Lynch is uh, going to have that hernia, sports hernia surgery, so he's out uh, until at least the playoffs. So we'll see if they make the playoffs and then um, can he come back healthy. But it's, uh, it's, a, that's still, it's still a short turnaround from that injury. But Marshawn Lynch out for the rest of the regular season. The Steelers, on the other hand, Big Ben has had a couple injury issues this season and he's back in this one. He, he came off the bench in the last game before the bye and really tore things up. So, uh, you know, two weeks to prepare for this one. I think the Steelers could be very, very, uh, very, very tough opponent here for the Seahawks. I mentioned the spread being quite low, but I do agree that it's probably about right. And I think I'm going to edge with a Steelers victory in this one. Would you go as far as that? You know, it, it, this is, I think this is the toughest game on the schedule to figure yeah. out. I think the, because, the Steelers you know, are heating up. Yeah, they're heating up. You know, are the Seahawks starting to figure it out, or did they just play the worst team in the NFL? Yeah. You know, so... I still like that defense. I love Michael Bennett. You know, if I'm not taking Aaron Donald, I'm taking Michael Bennett is perhaps the best defensive line. You know, he's in that conversation with J.J. Watt. He's so disruptive. The Steelers have had some offensive line issues. They don't have Lady on Bell. Um, but, you know, Antonio Brown is just so hard to account for. He's not your typical receiver. So, Richard Sherman, you know, who's used to kind of checking those six-one, six-two guys that like to play physical – Antonio Brown's just a different animal. I think he's the best receiver in the NFL. He's so shifty. He's so good getting in and out of breaks. So, uh, you know, I can see him dominating this game, even though he's going up against, the, you know, the, the Legion of Boom. Yeah. It's, this one's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. And, and whenever I get into those situations where I don't know which, which way I want to lean, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 a, it's yeah. a pick and for me, but, yeah, I'll, I'll end up going yeah, it's always good when I get a guest on. A lot of the time, we agree with all the games, so it's always good when you get a, a little bit of differential between the between the picks. There's a lot of games going on this week that is key for the wildcard plays in both or both conferences. Uh, you know, yeah. the the, uh, the Bills playing the Chiefs, uh, the Dolphins, and the Jets. Although those teams are possibly not getting anywhere near those spots. I think if you're looking at those two games, they are very key. Whoever loses those games, in my opinion, is definitely out off the race. Uh, just with those two games, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins at the Jets. Uh, anything spectacular you expect to see in either of those? Yeah, I think the Chiefs are good. I yeah. think that team, you know, uh, they have surprised I'm coming me. off just watching them demolish the you know i called that chargers chiefs game so go ahead what were you saying uh the chiefs at the start of the season i was expecting them to challenge the broncos for this division and then just the uh-huh. way they started the season i just thought oh this is a very very bad pick and uh the chiefs at the last couple of weeks have really started to pick up uh, no turnovers the last couple of weeks for uh since week three i think for smith so when you're not turning over the ball uh, it's obviously going to help significantly yeah you know we they, they said it, it, the great thing about you know when you call games and you're on the field and you're talking to the coaches and they're sharing with you what's going on and what they'd like to do and what they are able to do you know everything they told us they wanted to do Bob Sutton defensive coordinator just mentioned how much better they are that everybody's healthy specifically Josh Malga's healthy and Derek Johnson's healthy and we just watched them you know specifically Malga because you're always going to get double teams shaded toward Tom Ali and Justin Houston and Malga just had a field day I mean he rushed Philip Rivers the entire game. Justin Houston had that pick six. Marcus Peters in his rookie season is already one of the most fearless quarterbacks I've ever seen. Like he is would you uh, your would you put him in the rookie of the year conversation? But, I think well, he's definitely the conversation, yeah, but I, I think I, he's I, top of that list. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean he is definitely in the defensive rookie of the year conversation. He you know he is just he finds his guy, he mans him off Jams him off the line. Yeah. Rhythm step for step. I mean, it is a long day when you got to go up against that kid. And um, he just, and granted, 
again, for the Chargers, no Malcolm Floyd, no Keenan Allen. So he's locking up on guys like Dontrell Inman and Javante. Yeah. You know, but he just he killed them. So I love that. And, and, you know, the other thing they told us was, you know, we were sick and tired of just giving guys jobs on the offensive line because of their contract or their draft status or their name. And we basically just told them, we said, hey, we're going to play the five nastiest guys. That's all we care about. We want you to be nasty, physical. We're going to be a run-first team, and we're going to dominate. And if you can't do that, then you're out. And you look at the way that that line is now put together, and, you know, it's a sixth-rounder out of Canada. You know, Eric Fisher is playing better at left tackle since that challenge is going down. And, I mean, they're, they're dominating. You know, that, that offensive line winning at the point of attack. That's a big Yeah, with the Chiefs, obviously, um, I think – the Bills, they need to run the ball to be successful. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball against this Kansas City Chiefs team. So at home, uh, as you mentioned, with the home field advantage, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs to win this. It sounds very much like you're going the same way. The uh, yeah. the Jets-Dolphins game, uh, this obviously in New York, uh, the Dolphins, you know, we kind of, they started the season terribly, uh, fired Philbin, had two good games, then they've had a couple of bad games, then they bet the Eagles, then they had a bad game last week. Uh, the Jets losing last week to the Texans. The two teams at the moment, very hard to figure out, and that inconsistency makes it uh, seem like it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. And with the with the Jets, um, it's just it's shocked me, really. Uh, obviously, they've had a couple of offensive line issues. Nick Mangold's had a, had a neck injury for a couple of weeks, but he has been playing. But the run game has just kind of disappeared. Chris Ivory hasn't been able to get things going the last three or four weeks. Have you been surprised at that turnaround? Very much so. Um, yeah, and, and the one thing that I keep getting reminded, you know, in situations like this is, hey, when teams aren't very good, guess what? They're going to be bad some weeks. <laughs> Let's just, unless it's a great team, yeah. you've got to accept that there's going to be weeks when they're not good at all. And that's what we've seen from the Jets. You know, they've got a great defensive front. They've got Darrell Revis. But, you know, you look beyond that, it's like, okay, I guess I can see, you know, Brandon Marshall still being good. I guess I can see Chris Ivory as the number one back. But, you know, there's, there's a reason why they're not. There's a reason why Chris Ivory isn't Adrian Peterson or Le'Veon Bell because he's Chris Ivory. So you're going to have those games. <laughs> I think that's what we've seen from the yeah. Jets. You know, and same thing with the Dolphins. You know, it's, they're just they're they're okay teams, and so they're going to have good games and bad games. That's very very true. From even from quarter to quarter, the difference in some of these team performances uh, is quite staggering. Uh, again, this year game's a toss up for me. So with it being at home, I'm going for the Jets. But I do think yeah. both of these teams. Even if they got a wild card spot, I can't see them going anywhere. But you mentioned with teams, uh, you know, week to week consistency. At this stage now, if one of these teams that are in the wild card hunt start to pick up, start to get consistent, they could be a real, real threat when they get to that wild card game. And the team at the moment that really is starting to look for me like it could be a, a real, real threat coming to the playoffs as a wild card team is the Steelers or the Chiefs. They're both on the AFC side, but both of them starting the season slowly but really starting to pick up the last couple of weeks but uh matt uh, it's always a lot of fun talking to you i know you have a very <coughs> busy day so i'm not going to keep you any longer but as always it's been a, a lot of fun talking to you and a, an absolute pleasure having you in the show hopefully you have a, a good week of uh, nfl action and uh, hopefully have a good thanksgiving i appreciate it uh, i always love chatting with you and uh, let's make sure we do it again before the end of the season and, and during the playoffs it's a joy it really is i love you you're listening to the Overtime Ireland podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland.
As always, thanks to Matt for coming on the show. Always a lot of fun talking with him. Ran through some of the games there with him. Going to go through the rest now and go through the Thanksgiving games as well to give you a full week 12 preview. Next game up in the cards, the Falcons are at home this week again. They face the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings coming off that loss to the Packers, obviously, last week. The Falcons coming off a loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Both these teams uh, going in different directions, in my opinion. Very, very similar records for both teams, 7-3 and three and 6-4, and four respectively. But uh, I think the, the Vikings are trending upwards, while I think the Falcons are really starting to trend downwards. If you look through the fixtures of the games, they have won. And then the games that they have lost, uh, they've lost some really bad teams. They've won some games very, very luckily in the end. So 6-4, and four, a little bit flattering for the Falcons. They started the season so so strongly it looked like but uh, the last couple of weeks it's uh, been evident to see that they're really really struggling and uh, obviously Devontae Freeman had a concussion last week we'll see if he can get through concussion protocol to play this week Tevin Coleman didn't look that good in his stead but um, maybe this week Kevin, Tevin Coleman comes in and uh, has, a, has a better game obviously a young player coming into the league sometimes takes a little bit more time and uh, just overall the Falcons their team they have Julio Jones who has been phenomenal yet again but I just haven't been impressed all around the last couple of weeks with how they've played and uh, how things have gone for them. So it's no surprise here that I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings to bounce back. A big one on the road for them a few weeks back against the Oakland Raiders. Then they lose to the Packers last week. So they'll be really up for this. They'll know that let's get things back on track. Let's get things going again and uh, get in the hunt for that wild card spot. And I guess tied at the top of the division with the Packers, although the Packers have that overall lead on them uh, with the game head-to-head advantage but they are playing each other week 17 so if they can keep it still at the same record as the Packers and uh, get to week 17 uh, you know the Lions did just win in Lambeau the Packers rarely lose there but it's just, the Lions have shown it can be done so the Vikings could still hold out for winning this division overall so by no means is the division finished and uh, I've mentioned a few times on the show the last couple of weeks the Vikings with a kind of tough schedule coming up now the next couple of weeks the Cardinals and the Seahawks coming up on board so this is really a must win for them if they want to really push on and uh, make it to the playoffs this season so a Vikings win for me and uh, I think um, it's going to be a, a convincing one uh, for the Vikings the NFC East is up next and it's uh, the New York Giants playing the Washington Redskins this game 5-5 five and five, Giants 4-6 and six for the Redskins the Giants top of the division with a 500 record and coming off a bye week last week so they're probably a little bit healthier the guys like Reuben Randall had a hamstring injury basically most of the season same with Odell Beckham Jr so hamstring injuries don't heal up uh, over a week usually but uh, it'll help them get healthier going forward for the rest of the season so uh, the New York Giants in this one on the road against the Redskins the Redskins have been much better than I thought they would be this season uh, far vastly superior but last week um, they obviously had a, a really bad blowout loss to the Carolina Panthers but a lot of teams losing to the Panthers this season and <laughs> nobody obviously has bet them yet with their record so um, when you look at uh, what the Panthers have done the Redskins kind of can walk away from that one and uh, just put it down to a tough week this one is it's it's hard for me to call but the Giants coming off that bye they are top of the division if, if the Redskins win this one it's all tied up at uh, five and six apiece so uh, it's going to be an interesting one to watch definitely uh, one that could go either way but I'm just going to go with the Giants I think overall probably the better football team uh, I think their struggles this season if they could get the, the run game going a little bit I think this Giants team could start to look a lot stronger but the Redskins with that uh, loss last week I think they go for another loss this week and um, certainly would shake things up if they get the win because uh, this division is already a wide open it would really be wide open after that one 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Indianapolis Colts. Both teams 5-5. Five and five. Both teams, uh, obviously the Colts top of their division, joint top with the Texans. Uh, so every week they're kind of looking over their shoulder what the Texans do, what the Jaguars do. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on the other hand, uh, well, they're breathing down the neck, I guess, off the um, the Falcons. I mentioned the Falcons 6-4. and four. So if uh, the Falcons lose, as I predicted, and if the Bucs were to win this game, I think the uh, they're both square. So we'll see going forward how the Buccaneers go but I just don't think it's going to be uh, enough this season to make it to the playoffs but when you look at what they have done after having the number one overall pick last season five and five at this stage of the season is very very respectable much much better than they were last season Jameis Winston doing some really nice things getting lucky sometimes as well I must admit uh, if you look at the game against the Cowboys where he fumbled going over the goal line and it was called back for a Holton penalty got away with that one but they get the win then and uh, they're not going to care at the end of the season it's just going to be a win in the win column but they got a big win last week against the Philadelphia Eagles really uh, blowing out the Eagles in Philadelphia so that was very impressive can they do back-to-back road wins and win in Indianapolis here Andrew Luck's still out for the Colts it looks like he's going to be out closer to that six-week mark from his original injury um, against the Broncos, and that's kind of what everyone did expect. But, you know, there was a two- to six-week time frame. Two weeks certainly seemed very unrealistic. So Matt Hasselbeck back in here. That's the They've obviously 3-0 with Hasselbeck in the lineup, but some of those, they've all been very, very close games. Some of them quite lucky, that game with the Jaguars. The Jaguars probably should have won that and missed a couple of field goals to win it. So this game's uh, one, you know, it's probably not at the top of a lot of people's slits, but it's uh, one that I'm very interested to see this week, just the growth of the Buccaneers and can the Colts keep things uh, ticking over without Andrew Luck. But with home field advantage, like Matt said a couple of times there when we were picking the games, I'm just going to edge with the Colts. But this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team got Vincent Jackson back last week. Uh, Mike Evans playing quite well. Will they get Austin Safarian Jenkins back? I've said that the last, I think, three podcasts in a row. Will they get Austin Safarian Jenkins back at tight end? And each week he hasn't been cleared for contact. So that shoulder injury obviously lingering a little bit. He is in practice, but he's obviously not scheduled for, or he hasn't been cleared for full contact, which is a little bit worrisome if you're looking at it from an injury perspective. But I'm going to go with a Colts win in that one. Raiders against the Titans, this one in Tennessee. Um, you know, the Titans, I think, really in the hunt for the first overall pick next season. Not true anything to do with Marcus Mariota, but just the overall team, the injuries around the team and so on. The team is a little bit banged up. The running game isn't anything to write home about, and that's been very pleasant about it. So I think uh, the Oakland Raiders, who didn't really turn up into the second half last week against the Lions, and they lost a the week before to the Vikings. Sometimes the young team, you'll see that just, uh, maybe we'll call them growing pains, but I expect them to get back on track here. If they don't get back on track in this one, uh, I'd put a fork in them for this season. I'd say they'd be done. So they need to get back. They're four and six at the minute. They need to get to that five and six mark to have any shot at a wild card spot. So uh, we'll see how they do, but I'm going for uh, Derek Carr and uh, company to get back on track this week and uh, pick up the W. This is one I know we're all very, very excited about the next game. It is very, very exciting. I must warn you, uh, it is very, very, very exciting. It is the San Diego Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars, the 2-8 and eight Chargers, the 4-6 and six Jaguars. Uh, at the start of the season, I didn't expect the Chargers to have a 2-8 and eight season. And I said on the recap show, I've been kind of trumpeting it for quite some time, long before it was popular discussion. And uh, usually it's the other way around. Usually I can be lit to the party, but... Mike McCoy, uh, the way the season has gone, I fully expect him to be gone next season. And uh, it's just, I know there's a lot of injuries, so it's not all his fault, but the team just hasn't shown anything. And that last week, they really and truly just gave up against the Chiefs in that blowout. So I think they're just kind of waiting for the season to end, waiting to go on their holidays. 
and uh, I think the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars pick up a win at home. The Jaguars now in a little bit of a win streak. I was having a little bit of fun on Twitter with Stevie Howling. He was over at the Thursday night game from Ireland over in uh, Jacksonville for the Thursday night football game. I was asking him if he jumped into the Jaguars swimming pool in the stadium. He says he didn't. I'm not quite sure if I believe that or not, Stevie. But um, the Jaguars now on a little bit of a run here, a couple of wins uh, in a row. And uh, I don't know, maybe the Jaguars fans need to, to just uh, take a seat here. I'm about to predict another win for the Jaguars. They're really starting to pick things up here. Uh, they are 4-6. and six. They could go to 5-6 and six here, uh, starting to approach that 500 mark. I expect them to win this weekend. Who knows? Who knows what happens? Uh, I said that game with the Colts could be a close one. If the Colts were to lose, if the Texans were to lose, we get into really interesting territory uh, in this division. Maybe give the Jacksonville Jaguars a sneaky little chance at scraping in there, but let's uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's not build the Jaguars' hopes up too much. But this season, like I mentioned with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are starting to improve. They have been improving a very, very young team, the youngest roster in the league, and uh, I think um, they're moving in the right direction. I think they'll give Gus Bradley another year, no matter what the rest of the season really looks like. Two more games to go on the Sunday and Monday slate. Then I'm getting into the Thanksgiving games. We have the Cardinals 49ers. Uh, not a lot to be said about this game. It's in San Francisco. I'll say that. The Cardinals are 8-2. and two. The Cardinals go to 9-2. and two. The only possibility in this game that would cause them to lose is maybe they overlook it. They've bet the Bengals and the Seahawks in back-to-back weeks. They're playing the 49ers now. But uh, I don't think that happens as it is a divisional opponent. And they'll be looking to uh, keep things going. I think they go to 9-2 and two this week. And uh, not a lot more to say about that. Probably the, uh, not the nicest Monday night football game of all time, I'll just put it that way. Johnny Manziel is now down to the third string quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, and it is not due to his on-field performance, it is due to more uh, videos and images servicing over the last couple of days of him being out in a club. Um, you know, obviously he was in rehab in the off-season, has his uh, off-the-field situations, but no uh, evidence as, if he, as though he was drinking or doing anything wrong. Uh, most people, you know, you'd say, oh, if he's only drinking. But obviously he's been to rehab, so it is an issue uh, of uh, high importance. So the Browns obviously sent him a message. Is he done with the Cleveland Browns after this one? I don't know. He was scheduled to play the rest of the season as a starting quarterback to let them know what they had at the position. But uh, it's just all up in the air at the moment. So... He won't be starting this week. It is Josh McCowan, and uh, he's playing against the Baltimore Ravens. Looks like Matt Schaub's going to start for them. Obviously, Joe Flacco out for the season. Uh, Steve Smith already gone for the season. Suggs out for the season from very early on. And then, of course, you have uh, Forsett with that double arm uh, fracture in the lower arm. So, the Ravens, it's very hard to see how it goes. A division game, they're not going to want to lose to the Browns, but I'm just going to give the the Browns the edge in this one and win, just I think... uh, with the injuries to the Ravens. There's far too many injuries going down that list of uh, key, key players for them. A win here for the Cleveland Browns. And you don't hear me saying that too much, so uh, maybe you want to clip that out and uh, save it because it might be the, the last time this season that that is said. Moving on now to Thanksgiving. Three games to go through. These games, it's quite a, it's quite a packed Thanksgiving slate. I'm really looking forward to it. Although the first game I'm going to talk about, maybe, depending on how results go, if the Eagles win, it could make uh, them in the hunt for that division. But I think uh, I think I put a fork in them on the recap show, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions. The Lions obviously have won back-to-back games. They have beaten the Packers and Lambeau. Now they bet the Oakland Raiders last week at home. Playing at home again on Thursday Night Football, a tradition for the Detroit Lions, playing the Philadelphia Eagles here. A short week for the Eagles, travelling after that blowout loss at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, 
a few weeks ago, I wasn't picking the Detroit Lions to win anything, but the way the Eagles are playing, I have no faith in them whatsoever, and I'm giving a win on Thanksgiving. That Thanksgiving crowd in Detroit will be a little bit pumped up for it, and uh, I think they help the team get the win, get over the line, and uh, the Lions get a third win in a row, the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a must win for them from the point of view of if they want to challenge for this division because there's no wild card coming out of the NFC East, but uh, I'm going with a loss for the Eagles here and a win for the Detroit Lions. Obviously, the last Thanksgiving game I'm going to talk about is my game of the week, but another one here that's really in contention for game of the week is the Carolina Panthers at Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Carolina Panthers 10-0. and Cowboys now with Tony Romo back, the Messiah is back, the Savior is here. Let's crown the Dallas Cowboys the Super Bowl champions. Let's just hold off on that, actually. Um, we'll wait a little bit of time. The uh, the Dallas Cowboys, Tony Romo back, um, so that's really going to help them, uh, and they won last week. The, the Panthers, on the other hand, very, very strong defensively, doing each and every week what they need to do offensively to get the win. They're 10-0 this season. They're on a real roll. Uh, I'm not going against them this week. You know, they're on the national spotlight. Sometimes the Panthers don't get that national TV attention. This week they're getting it. They're playing the Cowboys, America's team, and I think they get the win in the Jerry Dome. Uh, a win here for the Panthers, 11-0 for them. I think this is the one that finally ends the uh, Dallas Cowboys season. Uh, hopes of making it to the playoffs but uh, I, I could be proven wrong here this could easily be a Cowboys win but I'm going for the Carolina Panthers in this one I think just enough uh, obviously defensively very strong so if they can shut down Dez try and take away Romo or try and take away Witten sorry with those uh, linebackers who are playing so well this season in uh, Keekley and Davis and uh, we'll see how it goes for them there but I think uh, the Panthers get the win in Dallas so left at two last, it's my game of the week. It's the uh, Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers lost in their last home game to the Detroit Lions. That was the first loss in quite a significant amount of time at Lambeau Field for the Pack. And uh, this week is not going to be a loss, in my opinion. Started to get a little bit of my mojo back. The Packers, uh, the last couple of weeks, you know, it was, oh, man, this hasn't been a good performance. Things not going well for the Pack. Against the uh, Obviously, we know what happened against the Broncos. They were completely shut down. Then they lost to the Panthers, who I talked about a minute ago, and um, then they lost obviously to the Lions at home. So this game here, they played last week, looked a lot better against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. The defense in particular looked a lot, lot better. Martellus Bennett and Eddie Royal going to be absent for the Bears in this one. They are out. Alshon Jeffrey looks to be a game-time decision, although he is expected to play. The Packers, on the other hand, pretty much um, good to go, it looks like, all around the uh, the players that you would expect to play. And then, obviously, the long-term absentees like Jordy Nelson and co. They obviously won't be back <laughs> this week. That's no surprise. Um, so when you look at the game on paper, I think the uh, the Packers just defensively, if they can do what they do. See, the thing is, the defense turned up in a major way last week and a must win. But this week, obviously, they want to win at home. It's on Thanksgiving. The defense has to show the same again. Uh, hopefully, they can keep that going. This game is going to be pretty special for the Packers fans in Lambeau Field and around the world watching, obviously, Brett Favre's number four jersey being retired. It's going to be a special moment to watch that. Uh, really can't wait to see that. Can't wait to watch the game as well, obviously, but that's going to be a special moment. It's been a long time coming. Bart Starr as well going to be there. Uh, former Packers quarterback, all-time great, has had his health issues over the last uh, you know, kind of 10 years, but uh, it's going to be phenomenal to see him back in Lambeau again, just to be on that turf, um, one, of the, one of the greatest Packers of all time. And uh, he's going to be there for that uh, Brett Favre number retirement ceremony as well. So looking forward to seeing that, but looking forward as well to seeing the Packers get another W and moving forward uh, in the season and they're progressing, hopefully to winning a division title and hopefully much, much more going into the playoffs. So uh, Packers win here for me. The Bears have put up a lot of fight over the last couple of weeks, but I think 
they lose here to the Packers and missing out on Bennett is a, a huge blow in my opinion for them to uh, help them move the chains uh, Matt Forte possibly back in this game hasn't been ruled out but uh, I, I don't uh, I don't know if he'll be 100% we'll see how we'll see how it goes from that perspective um, but anyway it's Green Bay Packers win just before we wrap up obviously um, I mentioned on the the recap show probably should have mentioned it uh, I probably didn't need to mention it because I was going to be doing this podcast prior to Thanksgiving but happy Thanksgiving to all those out there who celebrate it whoever doesn't celebrate it obviously some people don't celebrate it uh, obviously hopefully you enjoy the NFL Thanksgiving football it'll be uh, you're getting three games rather than one on Thursday a little bit of a feast of football if you're not having a feast of food but um, I'm looking forward to uh, the food I'm looking forward to obviously as well the NFL action NFL UK have announced the uh, the games in London for next season. There was a lot of rumours going around that possibly the Packers could have been playing in Wembley. I, rather than get excited, thought I would uh, just wait and see what happened. Obviously, the, the guys there at uh, Packers UK, you know, the fan group, were, were much in contact with them. Steve Diddy and co over there. Um, they obviously thought there was rumours going around that it could have been the Packers uh, playing an away game in Wembley, but it hasn't turned out to be the case. Very, very disappointing. But they are heading over to Lambeau, so uh, they're trying to organise their 2016 trip. They were over this year, so maybe that'll brighten up spirits a little bit. Uh, the games that are going to be on this season will be Sunday the 2nd of October 2016, week 4. They get the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars at Wembley. Then up next you have Sunday the 23rd of October at Twickenham Stadium. That's going to be an interesting one to see. Maybe one of the ones that I would like to go and see at Twickenham. It is the NFC East opponent, which has not been declared yet, and they will be playing the St. Louis Rams. Interesting after this, the St. Louis Rams have come out and said that with the uh, leads on their stadium and so on, that they won't be able to play in a home game in, uh, outside of their home stadium. So that's going to be an interesting one to see how that develops. Obviously, you would imagine the NFL and the NFL UK has... Uh, talk to the Rams prior to making this announcement but maybe not, we'll see what happens there maybe that one will be slightly changed around maybe it'll be the St. Louis Rams at the NFC opponent rather than the other way around we'll see what happens uh, obviously then you have Sunday uh, the 30th of October it is at Wembley, so two Wembley games this year and there is back to back London games but one at Wembley, one at Twickenham the Washington Redskins at the Cincinnati Bengals information on tickets, uh, they haven't released the information but I'm sure it'll come in the next few weeks, they'll be trying to get those sold out all before Christmas obviously it gives them a marketing opportunity it gives them time to sell the tickets as well so that's what I would fully expect that's what's happened in recent years so that will be the 2016 International Series three games in the UK and uh, one at Twickenham Stadium so with all that said that is probably it for today's show running through all the games talking to Matt Money Smith uh, as I mentioned at the start of the show, give us a written or a comment on uh, whatever device you're using it on. And, of course, you can download on multiple devices. You don't have to listen. Just hit that download button. Give us another uh, download in the numbers game, and that uh, always helps move the podcast forward. And that there is it from me. It's uh, Colm Kelly. It's uh, at the Colm Kelly on Twitter. And, of course, at Overtime Ireland is the handle to follow. You're better off following the at Overtime Ireland handle because it's me usually that runs that. And uh, with me running that, I rarely do a lot on my own uh, Colm Kelly profile. So at Overtime Ireland, the place to follow. So until I'm back uh, next week, early in the week, with another recap show, hopefully another guest to talk to you with. I'm going to be talking next week's preview, preview, preview show is going to be the uh, 
week 13 show and we're joined by Ross Tucker of the Ross Tucker podcast a lot of you'll know him from many different spots doing tv coverage and everything all that good stuff nowadays so I'll be talking to him about week 13 next week so another guest to look forward to and hopefully I'll have somebody arranged for the recap show too so until I'm back then of course have a good one thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.